Welcome to the 30-Minute Hour. It's the weekly podcast where we discuss business, sports, politics, and whatever's on our mind. I'm your host, Eric Twiggs, your procrastination prevention partner. I'm also the author of The Discipline of Now, 12 Practical Principles to Overcome Procrastination. Joining me as always is Ted Fells. He's the business strategist extraordinaire. He's a super CEO and all around good guy. Greetings, everyone. All right. So, Ted, we, we, we've got some special guests today. We're going to introduce them in a second. There's two additional squares with us uh, representing an outstanding company. We'll talk about them in just a second. But first, Ted, I just want to talk about this past Saturday. Man, what an event. What an event. The What Now Movement Business Summit. Man, it was exceptional. Ted, what were your thoughts on the experience? Let's tell the people what transpired for those who may have missed it. Without trying to uh, sound too biased, <laughs> it was the greatest summit I've ever been to. No, it was, that was great. It was a great event. It was a great event, it was well attended, some great comments, great content. It was just, uh, you know, just, you know, so many people that have just kind of latched on to the to the movement and excited about the, the possibilities of it. So yeah, I mean, everything from pivoting in your business to, um, you know, how to start, a, how to author, uh, write your book to mental health uh, consultants. I mean, it was just so much in there. It was just so much that was packed into that day. I'm still trying to recover from it, uh, you know, what, two days later. Yeah, I mean, it was amazing. I mean, just from the, like you said, from the speakers to the panel discussion that, that took place. And I thought it was just amazing how, you know, we had the people who were participating on the panel who initially told us, oh, you know what? I'm gonna do my, my part and just keep going because my, my day is busy, but they stayed for the entire time and were contributing and were getting value out of it. So I, I would definitely encourage everyone to go to the What Now Movement group. First off, we've got a public page you can go to and like that, but there's a What Now Movement private group. The point of the group is to equip entrepreneurs, authors, and career professionals to become more creative and more innovative and to be able to respond to the curveballs of life. So it's a movement, it's a supportive environment. Make sure you go to that What Now Movement group. And by the way, when you go to the group, you can watch the video of the summit from Saturday from 10 to three. And again, it was amazing. So please make sure you, you check that out. So Ted, I got something that's on my mind. Shocking. And, but, but before I tell you that, I, I need to point out to everybody that this is not your everyday podcast. You, know, you can check us out here. You can also check us out on our website, the 30minutehour.net, where you can see the audios and the videos. We've got of previous episodes. But yeah, Ted, I've got something on my mind. I know that surprises you <laughs> that we would do a podcast and actually have thoughts. I know that's surprising. I know. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We want to disappoint our, our, 
our followers without having some something to share. Right, right. Now, speaking of the followers, those of you that are watching us right now, please comment, say hello. We'll be checking. You got questions? You can ask your questions as we go. I see we got the numbers starting to pile up there. But yeah, I do have something on my mind, and I want to talk about how to magnify your income. Right. How to magnify your income. So I, I was inspired by our guest today when I was thinking about this, but I was also inspired by the last dance, mm. which is finally has ended. It's been 10 weeks. Man, um, what are we man, what are we gonna do now? The last <laughs> dance is over. <laughs> oh, that's been my man. my Sunday night from nine to eleven has been blocked oh. off. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. To the last dance. So check this out. And I was really thinking about our guests as I was thinking about this too. So, so the year was 1994. Mm. And despite winning the Defensive Player of the Year award and leading the NBA and rebounding for five seasons, Dennis Rodman was making only $2 million, $2 million a year. And he was getting paid on the court. And he had zero in endorsements. Mm and he was struggling financially, right? That, that was 1994. So, so later that year, he was introduced to a stylist mm. named David Chopper, who convinced Rodman to start dyeing his hair in different colors. Sometimes he'd wear red, sometimes he'd wear pink, he'd have purple, emerald green, Everybody said, oh, Dennis Rodman is just so crazy. He's, he's insane. So by 1997, he was earning $10 million a year off the court in endorsements. Mm. Here's the big takeaway from that. Wait, they want to lean in. This, this shows us <laughs> that managing, <laughs> as he leans in, <laughs> managing your income I mean, managing your image can magnify your income. That's the big takeaway. When you manage your image, you can magnify your income. I mean, let's think about it. In business, just being good at what you do doesn't guarantee financial success. Mm -hmm. Dennis Rodman was good at what he did, but he wasn't making any money off of the court. And for those of you watching this, you, you have to understand that your customers if you have a business, they have unlimited choices. There's a lot of IT companies, right, Ted? Yeah. You know, you look more speak. There's a lot of speakers on the market. There's a lot of authors. We we'll interview 50 plus authors this year. You and I, Ted, throughout the course of this year. Uh, even if you're a career professional, if you think about it, I mean, your boss has all kinds of choices between candidates to promote for that position or promote to the next level. So the key is that you have to embrace a unique style and that can be the difference that makes the difference. Mm. It's all about that style. You, you can't be like everybody else. Mm. I mean, Dennis Rodman started making money when he started to differentiate himself, when he really mm. started to think about his style. And, and uh, our guests, they, they mentioned this quote about style. I'm gonna ask them about it, but this, this really segues into this next segment. So our guest today, they, uh, well, she, I'll introduce her and we'll introduce her partner. 
but she's a fashion and retail connoisseur who can help you to embrace a unique lifestyle or mm. embrace a unique style. Nice. So it all began through her print and runway modeling in her early 20s. Coming from a family of entrepreneurs, it was only natural for her to fuse her love for style with her innate business acumen. In the late 90s and several years thereafter, she made a name for herself through her mobile boutique, The Right Image. Through The Right Image, Rosetta sold opulent jewelry suits and other highly coveted fashion goods to ladies in the Washington DC area and beyond. In July of 2019, Rosetta and her business partner, Adisa, launched Coco Collective and introduced the world to its landmark brand, Coco Bomani. Please join me in welcoming to the 30 Minute Hour podcast, Rosetta Wright and Adisa Bomani. Yeah. All right. Hello, world. <laughs> I'm so excited about it. I tell you what, it, it is an honor and a privilege to have you you both on the podcast. Um, I know we, we got to talk about Rosetta's background briefly in the introduction. So Adisa, t- tell us about yourself and, and your background, how you got to this point. Ooh, my background, I'm a native Washingtonian, um, born and raised. Um, high school, elementary school, high school, even college, University of D.C. Um, I majored in mass media communication, so I always had an affinity for, you know, mass media or television production. Um, I kind of segued from that into telecommunications. So I worked um, as a consultant doing 8A, small business, Alaska Native Native corporations, and going after telecom, um, you know, contracts. Work with NEC, AT&T, Lucent, Verizon, um, some private small vendors, um, Arctic Slope, uh, Bering Straits, if anybody knows those names, you know, so <laughs> those are pretty big, um, small yeah, businesses, yeah. so to speak. Very so I always had an affinity because the DC area, um, at least my circle in the 1980s, um, everybody was very progressive uh, with uh, trying to either do a business. I don't know, you, you can run into anybody. What you doing? Oh, I have my own business, you know? It's like, well, what, what kind of business? Well, I'm doing these federal contracts, all my 8A contract. I'm trying to get a, I'm trying to do this, and I'm trying to do that. So that was my circle. It was very competitive, um, actually. And some of those guys were very successful. Um, some of them graduated 8A and um, did very well. Um, but it's a, it's, it's a slope, it's a rocky slope. Um, again, I was in telecom. I traveled Japan back and forth. Um, uh, you know, doing all kind of little things, but also had an affinity for, like you mentioned, style, right? Because, um, you know, just in the presentation of going into the Office of Small Business <laughs> and Utilizations, you kind of have to present yourself in a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about um, your dialogue, your first impression, um, right? Or, or which some of you guys might know, your capability statement, right? But it's also, who am I doing business with? How do they carry themselves? What do they do? You know what are they like? So it's not about being overboard in your fashion, but just being just the right, just right. And um, a lot of times we kind of had to wear both personalities in D.C. Definitely during that time of the '80s, um, you know, you might have to wear a corporate tie in the morning and take that tie off <laughs> by the time you get off the train as you uh, walk through the, uh, the cities in the '80s. I mean, the D.C. was um, 
was interesting in the 80s, you know, a lot going on. So, um, but we kind of stayed in the right circles, you know. Um, Inner Caucus was in the, uh, a big uh, group that actually did parties and things. I also was a DJ, I'm a musician, you know, so I, I got a lot of little hidden talents. And, uh, you know, even back in the day of 80s, back in the Paragon and stuff, I even worked with a modeling troupe called Savoir Fair. I was part of a modeling troupe in my high school called the Fashionable Gents, you know. So it's all these little things that, we, you know, you kind of kind of get spawned off into and you just kind of do, you know. And, um, you know, I just kind of took it that way. But some paid off, some don't, you know. And then somehow, some way, it came full circle, you know, um, as I ran into um, Coco Rosetta Wright, you know, front row row. Um, I just thought that she was the good personality for uh, this business model, you know, and that's really it in a nutshell. I'm not going to talk too much. I'll, I'll let her kind of go into it. But in a nutshell, um, she gets mad at me when I say she was chosen, but she was chosen to kind of to kind of fit this role because um, again, she 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 had her own business, which uh, was um, the right image. Um, Rosetta loves clothes. She has a beautiful personality. People gravitate to her. She's a choir director. You know, whenever you see her, it's always bro, you know. So um, I felt like she was the best personality. And also me doing some um, data analytics, which is also my background. Women buy more than men. And, you know, trying to approach maybe, uh, for, you know, it's, it's marketing, right? Women buy more than men. And then also, um, women in a middle class or certain demographic have an affinity to purchase more spontaneously than men. So, um, you know, with, with black women being single single moms or, um, you know, they, they just they just do things to kind of appease themselves by making small micro purchases, right? You know, men, if we if we bought a pair of pants, those, oh, we, we bought a suit, that suit can range from a $150 suit is a cheap suit for us, you know? At least for me, and uh, and uh, but uh, but a hundred fifty dollars suit for a woman that might be an expensive suit. So it's, it's more of a um, you know better purchase in a sense. So I thought Row was a good fit for attracting what I was trying to do from a data analytics perspective as we created an e-commerce platform. Mm, awesome, awesome. So so Rosetta, I want to just ask you a question. Uh, I was looking here, and you quote fashion designer Rachel Zoe. Uh, who says style is a way to say who you are without having to speak? What's the significance of that? What, what does that mean to you? Well, you know, we always have this little saying that you make the clothes, the clothes don't make you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when, when you walk out, what you wear, and how you wear it, it speaks for you without you even having to say a word. So I, I, I just think that, um, you know, some people always focus on the price of clothes and, and so forth. And it doesn't necessarily mean the price of clothes will make you look good. It could be, you could walk in a $10 store, but if you know how to put that outfit together, you can look like you just walked in, you know, they do a lot of comparisons um, of uh, a regular little store opposed to a Gucci store. And they might have the same make, but it's not my Gucci or, or whatever big name label, but they put them together to see if you recognize what, who has all the more expensive items. And a lot of times they don't really know. 
We only know because the label says Gucci Prada, uh, but you make the clothes. You you have to wear them, and 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 I try to make sure women can wear them well. I don't like to put women in anything just because they want to put it on. I am not the person who's going to say, "Oh yes, you look wonderful in that." You know, if they don't, I would like to tell them, "Hey, let's try something else." <laughs> you know, and so I think that's important because a lot of women will walk out thinking, hey, I know I'm looking good, and it's not necessarily true. So, you know, and I, I like what, this that area. I think that honesty is really valued when you find someone that's going to tell you, no, that's, that's not your look. <laughs> that's right. Like, when Eric and I are out shopping all the time, I tell Eric that, you know, something is not his love, so I'm always honest with him. Yeah, sometimes the truth hurts, I guess, huh? Uh, all right, but but no, that, but that definitely, that that's what people need, I think, that that honesty. So, you, you were a model, Rosetta, and talk about how did you make a, that transition from modeling to what you doing now? Um, again, I've always liked fashion. Um, I was, I started, I did a pageant, was called Miss Photogenic Pageant. Hmm. Um, and, you know, someone had asked me to, to back, and I think that was in, in 87, um, I was asked to uh, be in this pageant. And um, I didn't win the pageant. <laughs> But um, it was a great experience. And at that pageant, the top hair designer, Barry Fletcher at that time, who had just won a Rolls Royce for doing hair. Um, in fact, the girl that he uh, sponsored had won. And, but he came and found me and said, um, he said, you know, I'm really interested in your look for my magazine. And I'm thinking, oh my God, your girl was just, beautiful that just was you know but it just caught me off guard and so I went and um went and stood in line for this long I here I'm thinking I'm going to I, I'm in this book I, I've made it no you had to stand in line with the rest of the models who were trying to get in the book as well um so anyway I was I was chosen <laughs> out of that group of women probably a hundred women lined up down the street but I was chosen for that, and um, and that started it. Um, I I started modeling for um, the hair magazines, um, doing print, and did a few runway shows with with them. And um, they said I, I danced on Dance Connection, if you can recall. <laughs> and, and, um, <laughs> <laughs> and so um, with all that, uh, probably around 1996, um, I went to Atlanta. My cousin had invited me to come to Atlanta. And she said it was this place called the Apparel Mart. And she said that they had 15 floors of nothing but clothes, jewelry, everything you could want. And you could come in and be a wholesale buyer. And the first day I walked in there, it was absolutely amazing. And all of a sudden, I started thinking, can I sell clothes? 
I always love clothes. People always compliment my clothes, but can I sell it? That's a whole nother thing. And so um, I went back a couple of weeks later. Um, uh, an investor, a group of guys, um, said they would invest in me doing it. So they had confidence that I could do it. And so I went back and I and I bought clothes and I bought clothes and brought them back here and jewelry and I sold I sold them fast because I worked for Verizon, been there for 36 years, still there. And so, um, you know, and I came back and I realized I could do that. And so I I had so many customers and and I and I did it for about six years. Um, but it was a lot being, uh, you know, traveling with your trunk full of clothes, going to all the women's homes and, and dressing them. I loved that part of it, but just hauling those clothes everywhere was, it was a little, it was a little difficult after a while. Um, but I loved it. And I always wanted to have a boutique after that. I was like, I would love to be able to set up and have a boutique, but I kind of left it alone nothing was really manifesting as far as we did in a boutique so i just continued to work and and just went on about life and then um and then this came about last year um me and mr bomani talked about it and you know he kept asking me what do you think about this logo and you know and i was thinking logo for what we're not i'm not selling them clothes i'm not driving around selling clothes (laughs) and so he just kind of kept pricking about this this logo and finally I said I love the logo I just don't want to be anything like Coco Chanel and so he was like no no you know let's let's just you know let's just talk about it so we ended up with Coco Collector and um and he was interested in the high-end clothes and I was as well but I thought to myself, in order for us to raise money, I said, I need one t-shirt to sell so we can get started. I said, if I can get friends to start buying like one t-shirt that we make, then that'll help raise money and we can go and start buying clothes again and start selling. And I mean, one t-shirt has now turned into 25 different t-shirts. <laughs> and so that has been what we've been doing. I mean. The t-shirts have been hot. I mean, we have been so surprised at how many people have bought t-shirts. And I, I mean, I have some women that have bought seven, eight t-shirts a piece. Mm-hmm. And we just started selling them in November. And so, um, but it's been great. I mean, it's exciting. Every every day it's exciting. Um, Bomani will never stop uh, um, designing. <laughs> he, he doesn't quit. And so that's exciting for me because I don't have to do that piece of it. Um, but he, he, he's fantastic. He's fantastic. I mean, we've known each other for 12 years. And so we, we, we really bond well with this. this. This is exciting for us. You know, it's a, it's, it's amazing. You know, I, you know, Rosetta is like family. We've known each other for so many years. And then when I saw her put something out about her clothing line and, you know, I just wanted to take a look and I looked at stuff, I'm like, wow, like I'm clicking, I'm going through stuff. So I've been doing a lot of 
uh, stalking of your stuff and just checking it out, man. I mean, you're doing some amazing stuff and I'm looking at it and everything is just looks like it's something that you've been doing for years. It doesn't look like something that just started, you know, within the past year or so. So, I mean, hats off to both of you. It's just amazing. Just the presentation of everything and just the, the, the even like the, the, just the diversity of all the models and everything, it just looks like very, like a, a very established brand. So you've all done a great job. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. And, and so, Adisa, I want to kind of get an idea of the timeline. Like, how long was it from the idea that when you got the idea to say, you know what, we need to collaborate on this thing to when you actually officially were partners and you actually had the, the clothes ready to roll? Sure, that's a great question. Um, in terms of a timeline, I've always kind of, um, like I said, I'm a musician, so, uh, and I'm a DJ, so I kind of know what beat goes with what. So I was really good at DJ. I kind of always knew that, you know, what, what people would dance to in a sense, right? So I always had a certain kind of style, but you had to please the overall crowd, not just the individual. Again, um, but, but, you know, I, I would always play with certain images and logo concepts. You know, they would just kind of speak to me. I was like, man, that's hot right there. You know, how can I take this and what would this go with? So the uh, first uh, image was simply the word Coco, C-O-C-O, but it was um, actually, it's a reverse, um, uh, it's almost like a, a truncated or squished down C um, uh, is the zero, so is the O. So I said, well, that's a really hot look right there. But again, there was a conflict between that and Coco Chanel. You know, we didn't want to be, you know, Coco Chanel or Coco whatever. And I didn't want to be typically like um, a lot of people come out with brands, but they don't seem to speak to a mature crowd, a middle-aged crowd, a crowd that can wear a more casual outfit. You know, I'm still in the office place. You know, the atmosphere is now more relaxed with the millennials coming into the atmosphere. They're not wearing as many suits. You know, we needed some, some ready to wear a clothing that spoke to us that wasn't, um, I'm gonna say scary or gaudy or, or ratchet, you know, or or really dark in this image. You know, I wanted something to kind of uh, represent this audience here, professionals who like to dress well, who can wear this to church, to work everywhere. So the timeline, I would always play with logos. So I mean, I, I had a million of them and a, and a million different ideas. So. This one really spoke to me and I would always show them to her. And I was like, well, what do you think of this? And what do you think of that? She was like, well, you know, it's a nice, it's a nice thing, make me a t-shirt. So the timeline, I made Rosetta that t-shirt. Um, I think, again, I think we, we officially inked this company in August of 2019. Um, I made her a t-shirt probably um, maybe a month before that time frame. She wore it to work. And of course, it's always about uh, a need, right? So. Uh, it's, 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 you know, even though it has a nice look, we still have to know, is there a one, right? So what you refer to as A-B testing. So she tested it at work. <clears throat> her being very popular um, and people seeing her wear something different. So it went from a t-shirt into leggings, right? So um, leggings are really hot. And, um, she, had, she had a workplace where they dress very casually. So we, um, I, I went from um, t-shirts to leggings, from leggings to a tennis shoe design. Um, she displayed the tennis shoe design to her. She happened to go to her dentist and the dentist saw the tennis shoe design. He wanted to invest in it. I didn't need his money, but I took his money. And, um, <laughs> and then the guy said, well, what's for us, right? And I couldn't conceptualize because I always said, well, this is for women, right? This is for a specific woman who wants to look a certain way, who doesn't have a problem spending. Now, if she's going to spend that much on a Louis bag, then I know she would spend this much for particularly a t-shirt. So the business model originally was to really just go back to her original 
uh, business model, which she did with um, the right image. And that was to purchase clothes, we would buy that. And then we, we would do, we would host uh, pop-up events locally, right? I could have like a little jazz, a little weekend kind of thing where people kind of go organize and say, you know, this is something nice and we'll call it Coco Collective. So I um, LLC'd the company, Coco Collective. And Coco Collective, who wasn't about us, it could be any designer, as long as they met that standard, you know, collective image to pretty much do not a party, but like a brief kind of pop-up event where you have music, food, you know, you're introducing people to, to clothes. Because what I found is that the clothes in Macy's and the stores that we go to, I couldn't necessarily, it kind of looked like everything else. You know, Macy's now looks like Nordstrom, Nordstrom's looks like everything else. There was a time where you can go to Georgetown and get something really unique. I don't want to dress like my son, you know, nor do I want to dress like a hood rat all the time. So it's like, well, what's out there for me? There was a time where I could do, I could still do custom clothes, but it's like, you know, I'm not wearing as many suits today, you know, or, or shirts and things like that. What can we really do? So I said, okay, we could bring together brands and we could be one of the brands and we'll do these pop-ups. But man, that spawned into us, me meeting a young lady uh, who had actually two salons, actually two boutiques, one in Sherlington and the other one in Bethesda, Maryland. And um, I guess through my gift of gab, I was able to segue. That lady wanted to give us that Bethesda location. And when I tell you Bethesda Row, right across the street, I mean, it's right around the corner is Apple. I mean, I mean, we right there in the heart of uh, Uptown Bethesda, right? So um, Shayla allowed Rosetta to kind of do more A-B testing where Rosetta was able to manage those that store, right? You know, throughout the weekend. And we managed the store. Um, you know, we didn't really present too much of our products, but it was her personality that was drawing in the people. So again, we're doing A-B testing. We went from um, a concept into her modeling at work to work, okay, friends and family is one thing, but what about people that you don't know? So then we moved that into uh, the bishop where she goes to church and I attend as well. He said, well, hey, you can set up your table outside of here. Okay, now we move from uh, friends and family at work to um, friends, family, and maybe extended church members, some you know, some you don't know, at church. And now it's kind of game. I'm like, okay, well, what do they gravitate to? What are they liking, right? What is the feedback that I'm getting? What kind of energy? What do I need to create as opposed to what do I want to create? See what I'm saying? So again, back to the DJ concept. Don't play what you want to play. Play what the people want to hear, but make sure it's, it's it doesn't move beyond your image of what you're actually trying to do. So um, that's really the timeline. So 2019, we, we inked it. And I tell you, it took off from there. And the guys said, well, hey, well, what do we want? I created something funky for the guys. Um, then we came up with a unique name, um, Coco, and then I put Bomani on the end of it. So uh, this is kind of, uh, you know, to kind of get us into a momentum of supporting black businesses, supporting each other, you know, um, supporting a, a brand that's, that looks as good as Gucci and Prada, but it's not gaudy, you know? So uh, Coco meaning basically chocolate, Bomani meaning warrior, because we all fight through everything. So Bomani is, a, is an African name that actually means warrior. And then we push through all of these adversities, you know, having contracts, not having contracts, um, you know, um, furloughs, being laid off to, you know, boyfriend leaving, whatever we do as a, as a culture, culturally, we have, we, we are warriors, you know, because that's, that's what allowed, allowed us to be here today. So, um, I mean, when we had the stamp of the prison family at, at work, 
We had to stand with the people at church. And then we said, okay, well, what's the real test? We got to do some vending. You know, when we really stepped out there, which was actually February 14th was our first vending event. And I got to tell you, it took me back. I didn't, I didn't expect the overwhelming response. Um, you know, it was a Valentine's Day event. There were multiple vendors in the, um, in this kind of lobby. And I'll let, uh, you know, Rosetta take it from there. Um, so at that event, we, we were, we were, we were very surprised because we had actually only signed up for one day on that Friday. And, you know, because of the Valentine's weekend, it was uh, husband, wife, team, or, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Um, and so they were at a ball. So they kept walking by and it was, it was probably at least 20 vendors there. Um, but they kept walking by, and so by the time the ball was over, you know, people were kind of, we had some people who, who did stop by and buy. So, you know, you're never really sure about, mm, did they like our brand or not? But once they started coming out, it was so many people coming by our table asking, were we going to be there the next day? And uh, we had a decent, we looked at each other and we we're like, well, I think we need to come back. And so, and we did, we went back there the next day. And I mean, those, the husband and wife team, they were vying together. We were, I mean, our table, it popped so fast that night. We were, we were just high-fiving each other, like under the table, like, yes, we got some stuff and people are fun. And we didn't know anybody, you know, most of the events we go to, we know people. We were only in Oakton, Virginia, and we did not know a soul at this event. And so that was that was the test for us because once those people started buying and did not know us, and I mean, it was nice seeing husbands tell their wives, oh yeah, babe, go over there and get whatever you want. You know, and, yes, dear, come on over. Yes. <laughs> Don't spend that money. So, and and with Adisa there, he's able because a lot of men never they most men never expect vendors to have anything for them, and so um, they'll just scan the table. But if they're not looking, they're just thinking whatever's on that table is probably for women. And so I would nudge Adisa just kind of say, um, you know, kind of talk to the guy. So he once he starts talking to the guy and let them know that um, we have men's uh, apparel, they were buying. And I and I don't mean buying a little bit, they were buying. <laughs> we had to come back, we were ordering uh, gear for these men. And it was, it, was, it was great, it was great. And then we knew, we were like, okay, we are really on to something. It's just not friends and family, people that we know that are saying, hey, we support you. But it was people that we did not know that, that said, this stuff is so, so you, I want to commend the two of you because you said something that's really near and dear to my heart when it comes to business. First off, you talked about the A-B testing and, and then you, you use the, the, the metaphor of the DJ where it's not about playing what you like, but playing what the people want. And I think that's so critical. And I, I think that's got to be a big key to your success is that you are so tuned in to what people like and what they what they want, not what you think looks good. 
That's absolutely right. Um, like 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 Ro mentioned before, we try to we not we try to play we are humble because we just started, you know, in a sense. Um, it is a little overwhelming. Um, we've been granted opportunities, uh, even doing like the Thanksgiving holiday. Somebody wanted to give us a kiosk at Black Friday, both Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at Potomac Mills Mall. We were not ready, you know, because we just, we just were not ready, and and we 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 appreciated, you know, the love, but again um, it's about um, not just putting anything you want a quality product number one you want a product that somebody um uh gives you uh, you know that's their hard-earned money right so you, you know you want to support like hey okay this, i support you because you're black business that's great but beyond all of that do you really appreciate the clothing is it is this something that you really want to wear and you can see yourself um you know wearing this in certain scenarios and a lot of times um that's that's absolutely what we're getting we get a lot of love and i feed off of that energy and i feed off of the um the feedback so that i can adjust um some of the themes and some of the concepts i mean our, our basic colors are black and white because the logo is primarily black or white i mean we can put little colors in it and do all different kind of stuff and you want to keep a very clean line so that visually it's impacting it's clean you know um, you don't necessarily see it as a black band, band or whoever, you know, um, I don't put myself out there as the designer. A lot of times I say, hey, it's Ro. And Rose, you don't want part of it? It's like, well, that's not really a part of it. I mean, because it's a lot that goes into it, right? It's, it's a visual thing. It's like looking at a pretty woman or a handsome man, it'll turn your head, right? So it's like, okay, wow, that's nice right there, right? Everything that we're designing or we're segueing into may not necessarily be a t-shirt. I'm getting into the printed textiles now. We want to do um, actually, you know, printing of the fabric and making intricate designs into the fabric, you know, subtle things, clean lines that we feel like, hey, you know what, that is nice. Because I know what quality is and I can tell you guys do too, you know, we know what quality is in a product. And if it's a reasonable price, we'll buy it, you know, and if it's a black owned company, they're going to buy it, you know, so um, that's kind of how I kind of try to stay humble. It's always listen to the, the collective, um, the collective sound of the audience, you know, basically, what are they asking for? Um, and they do ask for some crazy things sometimes, you know, um, but I do incorporate it. Like this one guy said, hey, you know, can you do an embossed stamp, you know, like a, um, much like a, a, a notary type stamp where you have a raised type silicone emboss. And I said, okay, that's kind of hot. And I actually designed a leather jacket that actually has uh, one of our designs embossed on the back, um, you know, but, Business, and all of you guys know this, it's all about relationships, right? So um, I could have, she was chosen because she's she's Rosetta and her relationships expound, exp, you know, exponentially, you know, there are a lot of Coco people out there, but not quite Rosetta, you know? Um, business, uh, we're dealing with foreign markets, you know, and when I did my leather jacket, it came out beautifully, but I'm dealing with Pakistan, I'm dealing with China, you know, I'm dealing with the tariffs, you know, the economy. Now we're dealing with COVID, uh, which now which really hurt us because we had a lot of huge vending events that were coming up. And um, this is why she was really chosen because even though COVID has hit us and we weren't able to attend maybe some of the large conferences we had planned, like six, 7,000, 10,000 people conferences would have been huge numbers for us. Or even some of the conventions that I wanted to attend, you know, just to introduce my brand and see what other people are doing for business partnerships and relationships. We have segued into going live and going live is even better than the vending table. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. So, she told me that she was going live on a Friday night and she was calling it Coco After Dark. And I said, you're doing better than vending it. I know what we do average per hour when we're vending, you know, when an average is anywhere between three to $800 an hour vending. And I said, you're doing better than that on a one hour show, but you sitting up in your house with a, with a cell phone? I said, hold up, you know? So we have truly been blessed to continue, you know, again, she's working, I'm still doing my thing, consulting with AT&T and, and supporting this business model and feed it. And it's really, I've been blessed. So, so you mentioned something I, I wanna hit on. So you, you sound like you made a business pivot with this COVID-19. One of the things you've done is you, you, you're doing live events. So Rosetta, can you, what, what other things have you done just in light of this pandemic situation to still be viable? Well, you know, it was interesting because I was thinking, I was sitting here thinking we had we had actually stocked up on um, on apparel for these vending events that we were supposed to uh, attend, and so you know, it was like I was like, Lord, what am I going to do? And so um, it just came to me. I was like, Lord, must have sent it to me because go live and I'm thinking go live <laughs> and I've never stood behind this camera to go live with anything other than talking to friends on the phone and and so you know doing doing this whole COVID crisis there's nowhere to go to get pops or anything to I'm thinking how am I going to go live what am I going to go live with how would it look and um and I just started using what I had, you know, the stuff that I carry on my table when I'm out vending. And and I, I told Adisa, I said, I'm going to go live. And he was like, oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said, all you can do is try. I said, QVC started years ago and they haven't stopped. I said, so you know what? I'm going to try it. And, you know, it was so funny because I, I didn't really invite people. I just I just told people, you know, some people, um, yeah, I'm going to go live. And so I didn't send out any invitations. I just thought whoever comes on and see me on, you know, and that's what happened. Um, the, the first weekend, probably, I've probably been doing it now for about a month. And now everybody looks forward. They're calling me on Friday. Are you going live tonight? Um, I did a special edition on a Tuesday night. I was like, special edition Tuesday from Coco After Dark. I tried it on Instagram. Um, and everywhere, every night that I've done, I'm always selling. Even if I, I'll tell you, it was one night I thought I have failed. I have not made any sales. I think I might have had somebody say, I think I want number blah, blah, blah. And, and when I hung up that, when I, when I cut off the live, I hadn't made a sale. Not one, no cash had hit my cash app to say I made a sale. And I tell you what, within an hour, I probably had about eight sales. People who were starting to review and go back. And I mean, it was, I mean, from Texas to North Carolina to this area, they, the women were sending me messages on messages. I need number seven, I need number 14. I need number three, I need, and and 
me and Carlo, I always, at least I always say to him, um, we, we have this thing about winning. And so, you know, he'll always say, did you make a sale today? And I said, what do we say? <laughs> Adisa, what do we say? We win. If I open up the bag. We open up the box. We, somebody says, always says, we open up the trunk. They're going to buy something every time. Every time. Wow. Wow. So, 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 so Rosette, I want to say, you know, and I and I know a lot about you and, and your and your family, right? You come from a family of entrepreneurs. Um, Eric, you may remember uh, Marcia, who, who was one of our guests last year. Um, you know, it's part of family. So, just Rosetta, can you just share a little bit about your your family and how business is in your is in your family? Yeah. So. Um... My my family is actually a catering family. Was a catering family. My father was uh, had a business called Light Catering Service. It was it incorporated everybody in the family. We all had to work um, to help it to help it run smoothly. Um, so we went from we've done that like all of my life. Um, Rice Catering Service. Um, my brother owns. Uh, uh, car detailing, uh, now power washing service, Metro Mobile. Um, my sister, Marcia Wright, and he's a lawyer and an entrepreneur as a um, uh, chef. Uh, she does food. Um, I have a younger sister who has a, a doggy sitting business. Uh, <laughs> and, and I mean, if you're from Arlington, you know everybody in Arlington has a dog. And so her business uh, is booming. Uh, my older sister who's now passed away, but she had her business, which she came on under me and named her clothing business pretty impressive. Um, so we all had, had picked up something and, and ran with it. So yeah, that, that's my family. So I just, I'm curious, like, how did those examples impact you? So I guess when you're growing up, you look around, everybody's got some type of business. I mean, how, how did that impact you in, in your way of thinking and going about things? Well, well you know, it's, my father used to, I mean, he would go from, he was a baker at Giant Food for 32 years. And then he, when he retired, he would do a mail run, I mean, a, a, a newspaper. He, he, he did the newspaper business. Um, he was still a bartender. And and my father's business wasn't just any type of catering business. I mean, it was for the senators. Even when, um, even when Nixon was president, he did Nixon's daughter's way. Um, he, he did all, he did a lot of senators um, in Virginia. Um, doctors, lawyers, they called on Wright Taylor. And, um, and he worked with a lot of men who were butlers at the White House. Um, so they used to have an event called the Private Butlers Association. Um, so I, I saw these men and women um, work very hard as entrepreneurs and it, and it was always their side job. It, and my father used to always be like, you gotta have something else to do. It, 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 it's some money to be made. 
you just have to go get it, basically. And so, um, so as, as we grew up, we, it was always something else. And I didn't really know what my something else was going to be. Um, you know, once I, I came right out of high school and went straight to the rise, and um, I always knew I, I loved the clothing business. I, I always used to think I wanted a boutique. Um, just didn't know how it was going to come about. But once, once my cousin had introduced me to the apparel mart and I saw what I could do, it just and I was like, that is it. I can sell clothes. And so that, that's how it worked for me. And, and it's been doing wonderful. Awesome. Awesome. So we're here on the 30 Minute Hour podcast. We've got Rose, Rosetta Wright and Adisa Bomani. And we're going to shift gears a little bit because I want them to be able to show some examples of their clothing line. I've got the uh, Instagram page. So Adisa, certainly feel free to kind of walk us through here. I'm gonna share this so we can all see it. All right, so hopefully you can uh, see the uh, Instagram screen. So Adisa, you wanna kind of show some, where do you want me to click? I guess, um... Let's see. Let's. Uh, you can click at the first one right here. Uh, right you, here. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh huh. So right here, this is a um, something that we call the Talia. It's actually named after a young lady that we know in church, um, Talia, and um, we kind of met her style and profile. This is actually a a flop garment that kind of gives you like a, a vertical. Um, brand look. So if you had a blazer on, you know, you could still see the, um, the logo emulating through the blazer. <clears throat> so this is a very chic look that's basically worn for both work, uh, ready to wear, you know, kind of casual or even church. So a lot of people actually wear our brand actually in church. This video actually scrolls through a few things if you click that, um, that play button there. Yeah, so that's, um, that's Rosetta Floss and her Coco Bomani money. <laughs> You know, um, <laughs> Rosetta is flossing. All right, <laughs> she's flossing. That's that's this weekend. Um, as she, um, you know, because people need to see black women in business, um, striving to do something different. Right. I mean, all we need is a little bit of encouragement. At least for me and my business model. If I saw somebody else who couldn't read or write, but they ended up getting a multi-million-dollar five-year federal contract, and I'm like, yo, how do you do that? I can do the same thing. So a lot of people really need encouragement um, and, and visually we just need to see ourselves doing it so I thought this captured um, the right image uh, for her and, and the brand basically you know not really to floss but kind of say you know just move on out in it into your next you know because a lot of us are afraid and don't know, really know what it takes and a lot of times a lot of our friends and family and lookers on could be quite quite haters you know quite discouraging mm -hmm. okay yeah, absolutely. Next. This is a, um, <laughs> this guy, um, he's actually a, a bishop or pastor, I think. And he saw what I call the fade in, right? Um, I just kind of did something unique in the logo here. And this is a, this is, a, this guy's like a 3X. So big guys, 3X, 4X, 5X guys have a real, and even women have a really difficult time finding clothes that they can wear yes. that, don't, that don't, you know, that don't make them look too frumpy or uh, black, make you look a little smaller anyway. And something they can kind of represent casually in their jeans and, you know, 
Um, you know, it's not too dark. You know, I mean, hey, big big guys need love too. That's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, that's right. You know what I mean? So, you know, and it's very hard for them to find clothes that fit right. It's not, you know, it's nothing worse than seeing big guys in tight, some tight skinny leg pants. <laughs> you know, I mean, he still wants to basically like, you know what, this is me and this is my swag and even expression on his face. And um, he's just been really supportive in this in this design. Yeah. That's where that honesty comes in. You gotta tell, tell Ted, no, the skinny leg jeans, Ted. No, no, no. You can't, can't do it. Can't do it, Ted. That's not good. <laughs> no. I don't want to come outside looking like Tom Jones. That's that's. <laughs> no. you know? and, uh, we're just not built like that, you know. Right. 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 Um, this is a video. It kind of plays a montage of multiple things here. Um, um, this is more or less the collective side of what we were doing. This kind of represents um, a lot of different brands that we will bring in and resell under our brand. Um, <clears throat> We are going through a bit of a learning experience as we purchase other people's brands and try to resell them um, because it does have to meet the quality. My whole thing is like, it gotta be equal to or greater than what we're doing. And if it's not, we can't accept it, right? You know, we have to kind of um, set a standard of quality of what we want to represent. And, um, you know, some of these clothes do, but then again, we don't want to look like everybody else. So if you, if you see it here, they turn around, another girl has it on or so somebody else's site. It's a very fine things that we're trying to do to kind of differentiate ourselves. Um, yeah, I think that kind of goes back to what I said in the opening. I think the power of your line is that it is different. Like, I, like when I look at this, I don't see Macy's or Nordstrom's or something. Else. I, I, this is unique, and, and I think that that's a big part of the appeal. Right. I mean, because it is catered towards an African uh, woman. Um, curvy we've even coming up come up with a thing called coco curves you know for plus size women because really plus size women struggle number one with this size some are confident in it but most really struggle with you know hey you know i'm sexy too or i could be appealing as well you know but there's clothes that i can't find that really make me look that way in a sense so um, we try to appeal to all sizes and demographics and um you know it's not really an ethnic brand where it's all black but we do try to represent um, our excellence behind it. So um, we've, we've had pretty much every ethnicity purchase our brand, but um, this brand is definitely rooted in, in, in Africa because I needed a cultural linkage with that. Um, as you know, today's society, we're just not supporting each other and you're just kind of separating ourselves from really, you know, our roots, but it's our roots that we return to. So collectively, you know, we will grow. So, you know, when I, when somebody wears, even in this show, the appreciation of you guys giving us a platform on here to talk, you know, tells us, hey, it's been exposed. So for me doing data analytics, I will put this on a influencer. That influencer might have 1700 hits, you know, um, of those 1700 unique hits, if it's 10% of them that, that look, you know, that buy, that's 170 people that's going to purchase. Even on a small scale at $10, 170 people purchasing, that's $1,700. And our average point of sale is about $30, as you can kind of see. So exponential marketing, a lot of this goes into it, you know, for people to look like us. And it's very difficult to even find models, you know, if I want to do, you know, things to kind of put them on. So anybody that wears a shirt, we, we, we expose them. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, so, man. Great, Ted. So, so one thing I wanted to ask you, Odessa, is it's interesting. You talked about your background. You talked about, you know, working in government contracting. You talked about going to you know, school and 
and UDC and mass communication and that you, you know, you, you, you were, you know, a fashionable person, but then now you're a designer. Like where, like usually you would think that someone said that they took some training classes in fashion design or they went to college and a degree was in fashion design. Like where did that, that come from with just a, just an eye, uh, an eye for just creating those designs and putting things together? Honestly, uh, I couldn't consider myself a designer. I just kind of know, I tell Ro all the time, I know it when I see it. I can't explain mm -hmm. it. I can't, I can't really explain it. It's like a feeling. It's like I know it when I see it. It's like, you know, I can't really explain it. Um, I am not a professional designer. You're absolutely right. You know, that is not my background. I did draw a little bit, you know, um, back in the day, just kind of recreationally, but I never like took on fashion design, kind of clothing design. You know, that just, <laughs> that wasn't my circle. It wasn't necessarily my thing, um, but I did know what worked. You know, I did know what what, what I like. Um, and it's not always about a name brand. Um, oftentimes, you know, we could pick out things and put those clothes together in such a subtle way that people would come up to me and say, man, that's really nice. You know, where, where'd you do that? Or how'd you do that? Like, it's nothing, it's just a t-shirt. Like tonight, I'm wearing a t-shirt and a blazer, you know, and a chain on. Or sometimes I might have a, a Coco Bomani, um, you know, up under here. It's all about really how you, you make it flow. You know, you can make it flow as long as it's not too much, it's not too gaudy. You know, it's a really nice, um, in a sense, people call it smooth kind of look, you know, for men and women. So I, I know it when I see it. So it's really now a difficult thing to kind of say, okay, well, what do I come up with next? That's really being the challenge that I'm not um, taking someone else's concepts and biting them. You know, how do I come up with a new design? So I'm not gonna give away all my magic here, but I do um, bounce it off a couple of sources, right? I do use, uh, Pinterest for inspiration. I will reach out to uh, Fiverr and say, hey, design this, come up with con concepts. Um, oftentimes they might come up with something that I kind of like that I can kind of spawn off. So it's really like that's speaking to me. Let me keep this moving from here. I'll bounce it off of a row. She'll say she likes this, she likes that. Some things she doesn't like. Like the, we have a design, if you, bro, if you show him the dope shirt, she hated that design at first. I knew that she wouldn't like it, right? Um, and I even made a tennis shoe, you know, with the dope on it. And I know the connotative thing, but I said, okay, listen, we got to appeal to the demographic, you know? And when we rolled out that dope design and people was like, oh man, you know, cause I really wasn't going to show it to her because I knew her background in church and, and everything. <laughs> but there's a certain demographic out here that loves this shirt. Right, you know, it's not about dope being stupid or dope selling an illegal drug, but it's basically everything that we touch, we turn into a euphoric experience. Because a dope is nothing but dopamine, right? So it's a euphoric experience. And you wear the shirt, it makes you more powerful slash euphoric, right? So it's a lot of hidden messages and subliminal type things, you know, that I've kind of put into this. It's all about, I know it's kind of weird, but that's the vibration that makes it work. So I'm not a designer, but I do, I can hear that vibration very clearly when it speaks to me. And when it's, what's strange is like, when people ask me to do it and they say, hey, I need this, I can't. It's like, it's almost, it shuts down. So many people have come to row and say, hey, can you do it for me? Can you do this for me? And I'm like, you know, I can't. 
I, I'm, you know, it's just like, you know, we got to move from following and watching into maybe at least walking out on the water ourselves. If we fall, we fall, but you got to try. So um, I just try to listen to the subtle things. I break down the distractions of life and just kind of listen to what's what, take long drives like we did over the weekend when Rose Clawson, her Coco Bomani in the convertible. So those type of things and just good positive people and energies around you, man, it, it opens up. It, it, it's, it's almost like a natural high. So that's when the designs come to me. Really, I can see something and it just, boom, it just sparks. So, so, let, so let, me, let, let me ask you this question, uh, Rosetta. You know, there's a, there's a lot of people I, that would like to, to get into to fashion, to start their own line. Now, any suggestions that you would have for, for, for them on how to get started or just any any lessons learned that either of you can share? Um, I think it, it, all, it really all depends on what a person wants to sell. I mean, you know, like, like you said, some people are actually fashion designers. Um, so they have to they have to figure out what they have to use you know what kind of garments can they draw up that they like um you know i did it from a point where i knew what i liked that i could resell and so i can go and pick out a line of cl a clothing line and say this is what my women will wear um so so i i really think they just have you just have to know what you like because they could they could possibly like the girls that wear all body con dresses. So nowadays, it's so easy for someone to go online and attach a link to somebody else's line that's selling one, one type of dress. Um, and they can start up right then. You, they don't have to put up any money. They may just have to um, pay $30 a month maybe for somebody else's website to link to theirs and they could sell somebody else's garments, but it's not really speaking to if, if it's them. You know, I was glad that we were able to find something that is ours, that, you know, it was, but you have to put work in, it's not easy. We work at this every day, every day. It's not easy, it's a lot of fights. Um, <laughs> a lot of fights, it's a lot of, it's a lot of back end on it as well. Um, yeah. If I had to give the people any type of advice, uh, you know, have your own money, right? You know, because money's a key factor. You're gonna need money to incorporate. You're gonna need money to do some A/B testing. You're gonna need money to, if you're purchasing whatever you're gonna buy, you know. Um, and money will come if you're making money, right? So if we're making money, um, trust me, people are knocking on our doors and now they won't park because they can feel they feel they can make a small percentage just by investing money and making money. But they, we have to show them that you're making money. You have to show them that there's an audience. You have to show them, even if they aren't buying, you have to show them through metrics, right? Like I said, I come from you know an IT background. So, hey, if I'm getting 500 hits on my website, uh, that's solid metrics. Those are unique metrics, right? And a certain percentage of those individuals might buy. If every time that Rosetta goes live and we can say, hey, we've been, we were live for an hour and a half and we made $800, that's roughly $800 an hour. You multiply that by, 2,080 man hours a year, you know, hey, that's a pretty good salary. That's almost $800,000 a year, 
You divide that by two, that's four hundred thousand dollars a year. Divide well, you about to have two. you about to have me selling you about to have me selling some shirts, putting them numbers out there like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm about saying, to be right? shake. I'm about to be shaking some Bomani shirt, a distributor <laughs> for your You talking those type of numbers? Come on, man. That's the truth, though. The numbers don't lie. So you know, check yeah. the board, right? So, <laughs> so and we and and we are just doing it because it's business, right? That's right. both of the numbers. So it's business. If it wasn't making sense, okay, we just ran shirts. She ran me out with come up with a new design, and we're not making money. I would have to somehow say, you know, I need to kind of find a different model. But this has been very, um, you know, um, successful for us, just on a small scale. And really, uh, the best is yet to come. I mean, I, I have some really large things that I'm thinking about doing um, that just don't incorporate our brand. But, uh, you know, we, we're trying to be the next for the most part. We're not just trying to be, oh, we, we're above everybody. But the more people hear about it, the more people buy platforms and things like that. You know, I just put the right shirt on the right person, right? Yeah. One thing I, I like about math, math takes the emotion out of the equation, right? This is the math. These are the numbers. Hey. <laughs> that, that's awesome so how can our followers connect with you to get the shirts I know they want to floss like Rosetta so, so how how can they what's the best way for them to connect with you um well they can go on our website um they can follow us on Instagram they can ping us you know um or me <laughs> um and Basically, uh, follow me on Facebook. Follow our, our line on Facebook. Um, I'm Rosetta M. Wright on Facebook. Uh, we also are Coco Bomani on, on Facebook. On Instagram, we're Coco underscore Bomani. And uh, our website is CocoBomani.com. And another way that they can get into, like I said, I'm the IT guy, so I set it up. They can, you know, anybody watching this, we'll give them. 10%, 20% discount. All they have to do is text 555, I think it's 555-888-COBO-2020. So if you text that, you know, we got the hookup. So, you know, again, <laughs> COBO-2020-555-888. All right. You know, we can get you the hookup, get you whatever you need, you know, for your viewing audience. So, you know, because they watched, because they heard it here, or they just found out about it, we want to, you know, give, save them a little bit on their money, you know, so our shirts are average about $30, $35, you know, we're trying to keep it very, you know, um, simple and plain. At first I was in, I was in the rafters with, hey, $150 t-shirt, you know, but, <laughs> you know, people aren't going to buy that in a sense, but um, right. some of our hoodies, I think the most expensive one might be about 60 bucks or something like that. Okay. Yeah. So, so we're, at, we're at the point of the show where we're going to go around the horn. And this is the opportunity for each of us to leave a final closing thought for the people to remember. So starting with uh, Rosetta, what is your final thought you want to leave with, with the people watching this? Rosetta, can you hear? Oh, okay, okay. Rosetta was thinking about um, the final thought. <laughs> I was thinking about the final thought. Um, I think my final thought is believe God. If He spoke something to you, I think you 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 have to step out in it. That is my thought. Believe God. That's profound. So if He spoke something to you, you have to step out in it. 
not to step out of. And I bet that that's helped quite a few folks that are watching us. Thank you for sharing that. Adissa? I guess my final thought was that you have to move from following and watching into doing. So um, that has definitely been my mantra this year is to walk your path despite all naysayers. So again, my final thought is to move from following into walking what's for you, you know, and you will get lessons in that. You, you know, things be like, oh, make this turn, make that decision, make that decision. At least you're doing you, you know, as opposed to watching. But you need to learn through example first. A lot of people, at least the younger generation, they, they feel as though they have all of the answers. Uh, whereas, you know, if you learn that people who have already done what we want to do, there's nothing new. It's just stuff that, you know, uh, we haven't done or haven't seen yet. So um, we're simply walking it out uh, regardless. You know, I, th I think we were successful when we, when we started doing it. When we made the first shirt, I said, we're successful. Um, mm -hmm. When we made the first dollar, I said, we're successful. You know, so you set you set your success margins based upon real achievements. You know, just waking up the next day saying, "You know what? I'm still at it." You're successful. Mm. Wow. Fantastic. That's great. Well, Ted, once again, you got a tough act to follow. And you always have me following the following the guests, and they always give such great uh, such a great final thought. Um, <clears throat> you know. I think a lot about just being a business person myself and just having thinking about partnerships. I've been in several partnerships, some that have gone great and some that have not gone that great. And I and I listened to you, Adisa, when you said that Rosetta was she was chosen. And I thought that was I thought that was a powerful statement because as a as a business person and, and what you were thinking, like when you talk about you know, music and you you want the beats to be right, right? You're talking about, you know, um, when you're putting, the, you know, putting together, you know, a look and you want it to be right. So you you had to know that, that Rosetta was going to be the right partner for you, right? And that, look, and no pun in that with the last name right, right? I uh, like but, how you did that. <laughs> yeah, you like that. Yeah. Yes, right. But you knew that that was the, the, the right partner for you. And that just, that really just uh, resonated with me because you had to know she had what you, 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 you needed from a capability standpoint, that she had the, you know, the image that you wanted, because that was very important, right? That the, the look that you wanted and professionalism, and, but then that hunger and drive, because, you know, in the beginning, I mean, that's what you know what it, what it's going to take, and you got to continue on that. And I, you know, I've I popped my head in on the on uh, the on Rosetta's live uh, events, and I just want to say hello every time. And she says, she's like, "Hello, Ted Fells," and then she just kind of goes back to it, and I feel real good about it. But I mean, you got the right one there, definitely. So continue success to both of you, and uh, and hopefully you all will come back and and see us, and you know. Uh, in the future and continue to tell us how, how things are going. Appreciate you guys. We got some shirts coming out to you guys too. Pro bono. Oh, work it. oh man, fantastic. Oh, one, one, one other thing I wanted to say is one of our uh, viewers, uh, Kim Leonard said, Ted, make sure you get the code because I'm going to IM you. So if you so if you all can again, give that code again so that Kim can IM me and say hello, but not to ask me for the code because I may forget. So I want, I want you to Give that to him, to to him again, please. 
Sure. I saw Kim just join us actually on Instagram. Hello, Kim. I did follow her back. Um, and the code is actually COC, was it COBO 2020? No, hold on. I'm sorry. COBO 20K. That is, that's, that's the code. 20K. COBO 20K. Actually, and I'll put it in the comments too. COBO 20K. COBO 20K. Yeah. And you text 555 888 COBO 20K. All right. Fantastic. Thank you. All right. And so, so my closing thought is it's all about being unique. And I look at your offering and it's just such a unique style. It's different. It doesn't look like the other products that are out there. It doesn't look like the other shirts that are out there. And I think society conditions us to want to be alike, right? You want you want to be you want, you want to be a carbon copy of something. But like even if you think of like the music artists that we admire the most, when their song comes on, you don't have to say, "Oh, who's that?" Like like if a Michael Jackson song comes on, you're not like, hey, "Who's that?" You already know because they have a unique sound. And I think that's where, where we really need to get to uh, from a business standpoint. What makes you stand out? And I brought up the thing with Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman, once he became unique, once once he developed his own style, that's when everything took off. He became world famous. And he's meeting with dictators in Korea and all this other stuff. Um, but, so I just think there's so much power in being unique. And I, I applaud the two of you for bringing that unique style. And I'm looking forward to wearing my unique shirt when it comes. That's right, that's right, that's right. That's right. And I have to take a picture of myself flossing. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and, and, and it's good to know, it's good to know that, that, you know, they're not just thinking of the, the Smedium brother, that they got something for the full, you know. That's right. You know, the, you know, the brother, you know, the full figure brother. That's so right. We're, we're looking forward to that. Can you make mine in an extra medium? <laughs> you are you are you are medium light. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, well, I, I told y'all at the beginning this is definitely not your everyday podcast, and it looks like we have another uh, comment coming through. Continued success to Coco Bomani. I'll share with my network on social media. Outstanding. Definitely appreciate that. Uh, we definitely want to thank uh, Disa and Rosetta for joining us on the 30 Minute Hour podcast. Again, it's not your everyday podcast. You can connect with us right here on the 30 Minute Hour Facebook page. Don't forget that on Wednesdays at 6 o'clock, we do the 30 Minute Hour live on lockdown. And that's where we have comedians and we, we present the lighter side of social distancing. Just prepare to laugh and have a great time. Join us this Wednesday at six o'clock. Before I sign off, Ted, any, did you have anything else you wanted to say to the good people? No. <laughs> no, this has been an amazing show, Ro Rosetta. Adisa, thank you so much again. This has been great. You know, I've been bugging uh, Rosetta for the longest about this. So I know you're busy. I know you got some shirts and product to sell. So appreciate you, uh, take, you both taking some time out for us this evening. Thank you so uh -huh. much. Also, also, I just wanted to add that our Coco 
Bomani page uh, Friday night going live at 9 p.m. Yeah, Friday night, 9 p.m. Be there. All right. And until next time, have a great one.